You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Another episode of the Flurry Podcast, and I didn't do last week because I have no reason why. I just didn't feel like doing it, so I didn't do it. But I'm back this week. Another new episode, and this week was a pretty good week for boxing. There was three cars that came on, two on the zone, one on ESPN. And let me talk about the biggest one that I feel like made the most impact, and that was Josh Warrington being upsetted, getting knocked out by Laura. It was definitely a surprising outcome because Josh Warrington, to me, he seemed to be one of the best people at 126. Uh, he actually might have been the best if you know if if you don't really count Shakur Stevenson who moved up and uh, Leo Santa Cruz who moved up. But besides that, Josh Warrington was the best, if not the best, definitely top three at the one twenty six pound division, and I believe he was undefeated. And he had this this really great run in uh, the past few years, and he almost looked like he was unbeatable. Not saying that he was unbeatable, but he was just looking like he was one of those fighters that no matter what happens, he will find a way to overcome and prevail. But then he faced this man, Lara, and he came in and he was ready to sacrifice and give everything and leave it all in the ring. That's exactly what he did. He had some sharp counters. His offense was was incredible. Uh, his punches were strong. He generated his uh, his defense was fucking terrible it, it was dog shit I, i'll be honest laura's defense was dog shit because josh warrington was still landing some pretty pretty big bombs but they went to war and that was literally of who's gonna hurt the person first laura was throwing more and it seemed like he was the harder puncher so he he got josh warrington in trouble early knocked him down Josh Warrington got back up, you know, went into survival mode. And he it looked like he he tried to come back. He he started rallying back. He might have won a round or two uh trying to make the comeback, but then Laura just said, You trying to make a comeback? Nah. I'ma get your ass out of here. It's the type of loss that really changes a fighter for the rest of their career. Same way how when Andre Ward knocked out Kovalev. Kovalev has not been the same since then. And especially fights like this where you are the bigger name. You're so much favored over your opponent that it's almost like no one can envision you losing this fight. I didn't envision Josh Warrington losing this fight to this person. Not saying that Laura was like not good. Like I know he was good, but like I always say, it's levels to this shit. And Josh Warrington, to me, he just seemed to be on a higher level. But, you know, it's boxing that things happen. So um, just moving forward, all I could do is hope that Josh Warrington, he comes back uh, just as good as he was or hopefully better. Uh, he could make the, the proper adjustments to, you know, I don't know if he wants a rematch or something, but he could do something. And I hear a lot of people saying that when Josh Warrington first got knocked down in round four, that the ref should have stopped it. I don't agree with that because, yes, Josh Warrington got up. His legs was wobbly. He couldn't stand up straight. He couldn't even walk straight. And I understand the the instant compassion you feel for a boxer that's hurt. And it seems like 
it could be some real lasting damage, which I think this was one of those fights where there's going to be some some long term damage that it might not show immediately. But down the line, it's going to, you know, slowly come into effect. But like I was saying in round four, the ref, he did the right thing by not stopping it. I say he did the right thing and I would not have been I would not have been mad if he did stop it and call it off. I would have wholeheartedly understand it because Josh Warrington, he was wobbly and stumbly. If this was a regular journeyman or a mid-tier or low-tier boxer, I would have definitely screamed, stopped the fight, throwing the towel like he's Apollo Creed fighting Ivan Drago. I would understand it. But when you're someone on Josh Warrington's level and you're a champion, you get that, that championship leeway where you're given a second chance and even a third chance. Sometimes... Depending on the ref, you might even get a fourth chance to really, you know, show out and prove yourself and, and try to turn things around. So that's why I'm not mad that the ref didn't stop the fight. It's just the courtesy that refs they give uh, to champions and it's normalized in boxing. If you're a champion and if you're a big name, you're a pretty good draw. You get more leeway to turn things around. And to, you know, have more opportunities to really win a fight. So I'm not mad at it. Uh, the next card's main event was with Jojo Diaz. But I want to talk about the undercard of that fight because I feel like that one was more important. And I, I actually enjoyed it slightly more was the, the Patrick Texarier versus uh, Brian Castaño. And before I talk about the fight. I want to know what's wrong with this guy, Patrick Tixeria. What the hell is wrong with this guy? So they're talking about him and everything. I haven't really seen him fight before. I don't know too much about him. But they're saying that if he wins this fight, he wants to fight Terrence Crawford. Who in their right fucking mind? Why the fuck would you do that? Who? You? Nah, not not you. They, they might have been joking about that. They might have been joking and a joke probably just flew over my head or something. You think you would have went down to 147 or he would have came up? Either way, he would have beat you the fuck up. All right. Either way, he would have beat you the fuck up. Now, going into this fight, like I said, I don't know too much about this Patrick Texaria guy. I know he has the last belt that uh, Jamel Charlo doesn't have. He's a champion. So I assume that he has some good skill and he displays some good skill. He is a talented fighter. He obviously has some some pretty good ring IQ. Um, his offense was nice. His jab was good. You know, he's a tall, you know, tall, lengthy fighter. And he started out using it, but it just wasn't effective against Brian Castaño. Brian Castaño, he's a high-level IQ fighter. Not saying that he's like a pound-for-pound pound level type great, but he has the experience and the background where he's seen a lot of different variety of styles of fight and he knows how to make the proper adjustments. He knows how to make a good game plan to fight the certain fighter that he's facing. And that's exactly what he did. He he must have known that Patrick Tesseria, he he doesn't fight that great on the inside. He must have known that he was faster than him. He must have known that he could have much superior footwork than him and he used everything in his arsenal and he broke down Patrick and he just outclassed him 
Uh, the way I scored it, I actually had a complete shutout. Believe it or not, I had a complete shutout. I can see uh, Patrick get in one round. You know, if I if I squint my eyes, I could probably see him getting one round. If I take my glasses off and, you know, things start getting a little fuzzy, I could probably give him two rounds. But I had my glasses on for the entire fight and I was focused and concentrated and I did not give him not one round. So I scored a shutout. The judges, I think one judge had it 119 to 109. I think the other two judges, I forget what they had. But this is definitely one of those wins where where Brian Castaño, it really it ups his stock. It ups his stock, and he missed his opportunity to up his stock when he had a draw against Lara, which I believe was an honest draw. I remember that fight. Brian Castaño was really giving Laura work in um, the first half of the fight, but the second half, it felt like Laura just had better conditioning and had more stamina, and he started rallying late, and it was an honest draw in my opinion, but it still doesn't, it didn't do Castaño justice like it should have, because this performance, he looked fucking fantastic. He looked fantastic. And I really, I really hope he fights Charlo next. I really do hope he fights Charlo next because he's ready for it. He's ready for it. He fought Lara in the amateurs. He fought um, Sergey Devryanchenko and he fought Earl Spence. He beat both of them in the amateurs. And and he's ready. He's ready for Charlo. And I think he could give Charlo a lot, a lot of trouble. I think if he fights Charlo, I think he's going to try to imitate a lot of what Tony Harrison did in the second fight. Because what Tony Harrison did in the second fight against Jamel Charlo, it was actually so fucking great. It was fantastic. It was surprising as well. But it also showed that Charlo has some some defensive and offensive flaws. Maybe he, he changed it and fixed it, but from what I've seen... Uh, in that fight against Tony Harrison, the second one, I think I think Brian Castaño he could he could imitate that style and do a lot better because his footwork is better than uh, than Tony Harrison, and he might be a little bit more athletic, and uh, he's just really really good fighter. Excited for that fight. I will still have Charlo winning because I don't bet against the Charlo brothers, man. I don't bet against them. I don't bet against them. My money will be on Charlo. But I won't close the deal just yet, just in case if, you know, something happens and I'm going to switch over to Castaño. Our last fight I'm going to talk about is the Richard Comey fight, which was the main event. Uh, it was supposed to be the Joe Smith fight. Uh, the opponent that Joe Smith was fighting, he had covid he had that COVID. He had that Russian strain of COVID. So they made Richard Comey versus Marinez the main event. And it was a good fight. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was obviously rooting for Richard Comey because I like him. It's hard not to like Richard Comey, man. You got to be an evil bastard to not like someone like Richard Comey. He's just a positive, upbeat, loving type of guy. But I was highly upset watching the fight as well. Because Comey's coming off 
that devastated knockout loss to Teofimo Lopez, right? He said he went back to Ghana, got with his team, started from the scratch. He learned the fundamentals again. He made the proper adjustments. So I'm thinking I'm about to come in here and see the easy way. He about to, he's about to cruise through Marinez, and Marinez is no slouch neither. He's a tough, technical, skilled fighter. He's no slouch. But Richard Comey, he's obviously a high-level opponent. And if he says he got better like he did, he would have easily cruised the Marinas. He lied. He lied. And I've seen this multiple times in boxing where someone, they lose, have a devastating loss, and they say, I'm going back to the drawing board. I'm going to learn the fundamentals again. But then they come back and you realize you are exactly the same as the way I last seen you, you lying motherfucker. And like I said, I like Richard Comey a lot, but you are exactly the same. The same defensive flaws you had and showed against Teofimo Lopez and when you fought Ray Beltran, it was still there. Literally the same exact punch that Teofimo Lopez landed to knock you out, Marinez landed of multiple Multiple times in this fight, you just didn't want to make the adjustments. And I don't want to use the, the the S word on him. I don't want to, you know, go as far as saying that, like the S word, but I might have to say it. I might have to use the S word for Richard Comey. Sloppy. I said it. There, there I said, it, okay? Sloppy. Sloppy win. Sloppy offense. Sloppy defense. What was that? And... One thing I will say that was hilarious in the fight was there was a moment when Richard Comey, he punched Marinez in the back. And Marinez felt it. Why are you punching in the back, bro? Come on, Richard Comey. Come on. Come on, man. Yes, it was a good knockout win against a good opponent. But this isn't the type of fight where people would say you could give someone like, like Devin Haney real trouble or this isn't the type of fight where they say in a rematch against Teofimo you would be victorious or the type of fight where they say you can go in there and and knock out Ryan Garcia this isn't that type of fight because you showed that you didn't make the proper adjustments you shown that come on Richard Comey I know you can do better so just do it uh, so that's all the fights I'm going to be discussing. You know what? I'm going to discuss one more fight. It's been only like uh, 16 minutes, 16 and a half minutes so far. So I'm going to discuss one more fight. And that is one of my favorite up and coming heavyweight fighters, Jared Anderson. Fantastic performance. Fantastic performance. He had a sharp jab. He had some crisp and clean and accurate counters. He used combinations effectively. He didn't waste energy. He was very patient and he was using feints effectively. He wasn't just doing just random feints, just to feint. He was he was using it to calculate his opponent and, and set traps. And it was an incredible performance by him. I really do look forward to seeing his next fight, and I think he's earned a step-up fight. I think he has earned a step-up fight. On um, step-up fight, if he if he could fight, you know, someone like 
Adam Konoski. And I keep saying Adam Konoski's name because I haven't seen him since he got knocked out. And I just want to see him fight again. So I'm, I'm going to keep putting his name out there, you know, trying to manifest his return to the sport of boxing. So if they could make that fight happen, I will be happy. And as of right now, anyone who Jared Anderson fights, I'm not betting against Jared Anderson. You know, unless if he fights like a Wilder or a Fury or Joshua or like a Luis Ortiz. If he fights one of them four, then, you know, I, I got to put my money on another guy. But anyone else, I got my money on Jared Anderson. He he's just he, he looks that good to me. He is young. He has the energy. He has the high IQ, the power. The patience, the accuracy, he's he's too good. He's too good. And like the commentator said, he is a middleweight stuck in a heavyweight's body, and I agree with it. So that's all for this episode of the Floyd Podcast, and I'm out. Peace, King. You were just listening to the Floyd Podcast, hosted by Monkeys Rawls. Come back for the next episode, or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so.